0: Hello and welcome to an RT Rugby podcast special. I'm delighted to say I have Munster's Jack O'Donoghue on the line with me. How are you doing, Jack?
1: Very good. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for joining us here. It's Thursday afternoon now. I I saw how much rugby you played over the last uh, few weeks and I fully expected not to see your name uh, on the team for you tomorrow. Um, But you're going to play against Cardiff. I mean, when you're talking about giving players rest and making sure you're set up, for, for the bigger battles ahead. How do you feel about that? Do you just want to keep going when you're in such good form or do you understand the need that you might be a bit better the week after with a week's rest?
1: I can see both sides of the story. Um, certainly for me, you know, I like to keep playing, keep, uh, keep the momentum going and, and certainly when you have a good bit of form, you know, to be able to go out and and. Execute certain certain plays and and you know get a good run out before a big game the following weekend. But uh, you know, I look, I had a rest there a couple of weeks ago and and I felt great coming back from it and you know kind of giving me a, a new lease of life leading into into this final block.
0: What do you put your form down to, Jack? Because you know you're nominated for for a European award, uh, you kind stand out performances among in a team that's playing very well. Uh, what do you put it down to yourself?
1: Yeah, I suppose. I had a, you know, review of last season and probably during pre-season, you know, I I worked really hard my physical condition and and my fitness and I think that's allowed me to probably play 80 minutes consistently week in, week out and that allowed me to perform to the best of my ability but certainly, look, it's something as simple as just getting my routine right, you know, week on week that I, you know, don't leave, I suppose the old saying, no stone unturned like that, I know once I've everything ticked off, you know, leading up to up to a game that, that I can go out there with that level of freedom that I'm not worrying about plays, I'm not worrying about my detail because I, I've ticked all those boxes early on in the week and I can go out and, and perform to the best of my ability. And look, I suppose it's easy to say that when you're playing well because uh, you just build on each performance and you take massive confidence from each game going into the next and, and you almost are... Are hopping off the ground ready to go because you're looking forward to it so much.
0: And with the last time we spoke was actually just after the Castro match in Tome Park. Uh, I think you probably manned the match that day as well. But, um, we're, you were talking about the mental toll that it took the whole uh, episode in South Africa, the, the camps being divided up and um, because of the restrictions and all that. It has been a roller coaster season so far, even in the last month. We can, from the outside, we see a difference in Munster on the field. Um, Peter O'Mahony was talking about not being ideal, not knowing who the head coach is. That's changed now. A couple of very good results. Is, are you able to, do you process that as you go along? The, the roller coaster nature over there. I know Caroline Curd is down there working on it. Are you working on that all the time, uh, the mental side of it, and, and how to adapt to such an up-and-down uh, season?
1: Yeah, look, you're always going to get peaks and troughs in a season. <clears throat> this one was, was was quite a bumpy road. Obviously, as you mentioned, the episode in in South Africa being stuck there, and then you know it's announced that three of our coaching staff are are leaving at the end of the season. And certainly there is that you know, th- but then there's that bit of excitement of of I wonder who's going to come in, or and you hear a few names being thrown around, and look, absolutely delighted, you know, Graham's coming in as head coach, and you know. Still, the excitement about the potential of 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 who his background staff is going to be and and what kind of a coaching ticket we're going to have next year, but you can't look that far ahead, and that's something that that, that we, we we spoke about inside in the, the HVC that it's it, it, it's this season that matters, and it's this group that that is going to do do the business. That you know we can't be waiting ash. Look, you know we'll we'll, we'll go next year. It's it's now. It, it's. It, it's working on on our basics and and being able to execute under pressure is something that that we've been working on with 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 Caroline and it's certainly really tapping into that mental side of things that you know when it comes to knockout rugby the pressure that players are under but not letting that get the better of them and still being able to play with a, a sense of freedom and to really showcase our skills and our ability and to be able to put a performance on the field that you're proud of and you know you're 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 happy to stand over at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, and we know about Graham coming in over the last couple of weeks that was announced and um, what did he say to you in the dressing room it was a famous clip from BT Sport he's firing a rocket at a few lads even even Johan looks a bit sheepish looking up is surprised so can you just tell us word for word exactly what you said to you in that um, in that little clip please.
1: <laughs> I cannot recall. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, he, like as Emotional, and as you know, as emotional as he is, I suppose, the message was very clear. Um, after that, or or even that message that he gave, it looks quite, you know, aggressive what with, with his body language. But you know, look, he's he's incredibly passionate about the club, and he, he we've seen that from the get go. And I think the way he he carries himself, and and the way the players, you know, look to him and stuff for guidance and for help, it. It really shows how how liked he is amongst the group and and how excited they are for him to come in, um, for next year. But like I said, we all have a job to do this yeah. year, and 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 no more than running out tomorrow for for Munster against Cardiff.
0: Very good. And just I, I'll just stay on this just for another little while and you can give me an exclusive to the RT Rugby podcast if you think Dennis Leamy is coming. So like two two blinks for yes and one for no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no but stare you out of
0: it. Yeah, very good. But Camir, had you dealings with Dennis before when he was with the Academy or Munster? And um I suppose even you're at the age now that when you were coming up around 10 or 12, he would have been a massive part of Ireland and Munster squads. So maybe just tell me if you dealings with him first in Academy and then maybe your memories of him as a player.
1: Yeah, he came in, he was forwards coach for the Munster race for, for a season and, you know, I would have worked under him there. And look, he's, he's, he was an incredible player, you know, for both Munster and Ireland. And he would have been certainly someone I would have looked up to as a number eight as well. And to... to to work under him with the A's was was incredible because, you know, the type of person he is, he's, you know, a friendly giant, but, you know, he can he can certainly give it to you at the same time, you know, when, when, when you've gone wrong. Um, Yeah, look, I, I heard, I've i seen his name being thrown around. I, I haven't had a clue if he's coming in or not, but I know he's, he's doing a, a really good job up in Leinster at the moment. So uh, we will just have to wait and see what happens.
0: Very good. And actually, i just throw this one out here. A couple of years ago, there was talk about Brian O'Driscoll mentioned about the lack of dog in the Irish team. And he mentioned that Dennis Leamy was one of those old dogs and warriors. Do you remember that aspect of his game? And do you think it's that's applicable in the modern game? Because you don't there's so many cameras, there's so much analysis that some of the stuff that was that made a dog a dog is probably not doable these days. Um, how do you kind of get that aggression into your game that's needed without overstepping
1: their mark yeah look you can always have aggression in your game but you can always do it within the, the the letter of the law you know you know you have a tackle you have a carry you have a breakdown you know scrum all there's plenty of opportunities where you can physically impose yourself on the opposition you know legally that you know you don't need to be you know a dirty dirty player but you know there is other ways that you can have a bit of dog and you, you know it could be that it's a 50 50 ball, and, and you've no doubt that you're winning that. That's that's dogging you. Yeah. That's and that's easy to bring into your game. And, and it's all about your want and and you know how hungry are you for for the ball or, or for you know the possession and being able to bring that into your game. You know, it's, by all means, it's legal and and it's not no way dirty, but it's just that's that's a bit of dogging you, yeah.
0: And just been a hot topic of the last couple of weeks or last couple of months, there's so many yellow cards for and red cards for, for high tackles. Um, I know that you say we're working on it and everyone's working on their contact work, but why would you say we still see so many yellow and red cards when, when the players know the risk involved? Is it an instinct thing to, to be standing up? You know, Because it happens very quickly, we acknowledge that, but also the, the risk is that you will leave your team down to 10, to 14 men or you could get sent off. Um, why would you think we're seeing... So much of it still, when everyone knows the the risks.
1: Well, you see, I suppose it's player welfare at the end of the day. Um, world rugby you have to be looking out for the players, and and you're you're trying to minimise head contacts, absolutely. And look, a lot of a lot of incidents do just happen in the split second, and they're something that you know it, it is something you know you you could be watching a ball, and all of a sudden, you, as soon as your eyes meet, that you know someone has made contact with you, and and yeah, look, some some are you you could say harsh or, or a tough call, but at the end of the day, it, it's about player welfare. You know, you, there it's a quite a hot topic at the moment, and I suppose we won't get into it, but it is trying to just to you know prolong people's careers. At the end of the day,
0: yeah, and I might just finish off now with the uh, you obviously have a, a big Heineken Champions Cup uh, match coming up in a couple of weeks' time, and we have seen Munster over the last. 10 or 15 years, comfortably get to the knockout stages, quarterfinals, semi semi-final, and then just coming up against a team, and I guess there was a sense of frustration from the players and management after those semifinals against Saracens or uh, Rassing or whoever, that Munster didn't give their best on the day, that they weren't within a shot on a, a Pro 14 final against Leinster a couple of years. What do you see in Munster that would make you confident that you will get closer or get over the line against Toulouse?
1: I think, I think we're certainly um, playing a more expansive game plan. You know, you've seen us potentially scoring tries from our own half. Um, and look, when the weather allows us, it's easy because we, we have more confidence in our skills and in our ability. But certainly, look, the work we're doing with Caroline around that mental about the, you know not letting the pressure of a big occasion get you that's something that, that, that'll that be new to us this season and, and we'll have in our back pocket when it comes to to knock at rugby and the final will be the first pet to that
0: Very good and it's obviously up in the Aviva because the, to- the Tone Park is unavailable Do you get free tickets to Ed Sheeran on the Thursday and the Friday uh,
1: John? No we don't No, but no, we'll get an option you, to buy a few get an option to buy a few and will you be going to either of those concerts? Uh, well I don't know if the, uh, th- we'll only make it Thursday hopefully Yeah no. um, but uh, we'll see. I've been, I was in, that, I've had him in Park Creeb there a couple of years ago, so uh, I've seen him, but by all accounts, I've heard good reviews from his, his concerts so far up in Dublin, that's been a, a good spectacle.
0: Very good, and it's a pity that obviously it's not in Tome, and I know there's big ticket sales for the Aviva, but um, I mean, what what? how do you think that you can bring the force up there? I know it's, it's away from home as well, but how do you think you can turn that into your advantage?
1: I think look by the uh, the ticket sales already shows that the 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 supporters are willing to travel and uh, credit to Munster you know they're putting on on bus buses going from the back, arse, back arse of of Munster and I heard Gavin Coombs requesting a, a bus for the family from Skibbereen to to, nice. to up to the game uh he for free of charge probably but um, yeah look I think the, the followings that we have are credible that over nexter and you know look a trip up the M7 up to, up to Dublin be perfect for us and, and to be able to, to pack out a Viva Stadium and the atmosphere that will be there it'll be incredible and I'm really looking forward to it
0: That's brilliant Listen Jack thanks very much for joining us on the Ruby podcast best of luck tomorrow and best of luck for the following week as well
1: Sure thanks Mike